The Gospel lesson is written in the 12th chapter of John, beginning at the first verse. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the Palm Sunday Gospel. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor. But because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, They came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So... They took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, in the glory of the cross, your Son embraced the death we deserve and broke its hold over us. In this time of repentance, draw us near so that as we confess Jesus as Lord, we put aside the deeds of death and walk in the life of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. On Palm Sunday, as we do every year, we wave palm branches and proclaim Hosanna, remembering Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. We contemplate his journey on the road from Bethany to Jerusalem, knowing these are his final days. The journey on this road marks the beginning of Holy Week, the last days before the crucifixion. A couple of things are wrong with the way we do this traditional Palm Sunday remembrance each year. 
First, the concept of raised and waving palm branches, so traditional and seemingly so right, is more Hollywood than history. Only the Gospels of Matthew and Mark indicate how the palm branches were used. We are clearly told there that they were spread on the road along with the outer cloaks of many in the crowd. So we can visualize then the donkey bearing Christ and the crowds going ahead of him as a cheering advance column, all of them trampling the palm branches underfoot. Perhaps we should toss our palm branches on our carpeted aisles and walk on them to recreate the past more faithfully. Now, the other thing we do, joyfully shouting Hosanna, does reflect the attitude and words of the crowd. They cheer Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, gladdened at the coming of the Messiah. But we should know better than to imitate that same joy. We have the advantage of understanding more through the scriptures, which tell the rest of the history and explain its meaning. This triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday is not one of joy for Christ. He knows where the journey ends. The road leads to the cross. The road begins in Bethany. That's where he spent Saturday night. He was at a feast in his honor. Now, Bethany is just a couple of miles east of Jerusalem. It's a town on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives. In this view, Bethany is just out of sight to the left. The road to Jerusalem will lead down the steep slope on the left side of this image, then across the narrow Kidron Valley in the center, And as you can see, the approach to the walled city of Jerusalem on the right will be uphill. Here's the interesting thing about the journey on this road. At the end of this day, this Palm Sunday, as the sunlight dims, Jesus will return to Bethany for the night. Each morning, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, He will take this road back to Jerusalem from Bethany. So what's the big deal about Bethany? Why does Jesus go back there each night? He loves a family there. Two sisters and a brother. Their names are Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. The Saturday evening feast in Jesus' honor was given by them, a celebration of the raising of Lazarus. Martha is serving the meal. Lazarus is reclining at the table with Jesus and the others eating. However, it's what Sister Mary does that's worth noting. We must remember Mary of Bethany has seen her brother Lazarus raised from death after four days in the tomb. She heard her sister Martha's concerns, 
that after four days, the putrid, decomposing flesh of their beloved brother would be a stink if the tomb were opened. But as always, Jesus walks confidently into the ugliest bits of human existence. A rotting corpse is given life. It's the greatest miracle of Jesus' ministry, and it's a foretaste and a sign of his own resurrection to come. Now on Saturday evening, the night before Palm Sunday, a crowd gathers for a celebratory meal in Bethany. Mary's devotion to her Savior is on display at the dinner. Mary, overwhelmed by love, faith, and gratitude, shows her feelings by anointing Jesus' feet with expensive perfume. Then she wipes his feet with her hair as the fragrance fills the house. It's an act of extravagant devotion. The succeeding verses in John's Gospel tell us that Lazarus was a real star that evening, too. When the buzz of the gathering crowd brings attention to both Jesus and Lazarus in Bethany, the chief priests in Jerusalem redouble their efforts. They not only plan to kill Jesus now, but Lazarus too. Entering Jerusalem on the next day, on Sunday, Jesus heads on donkey back to his own act of extravagant devotion, knowingly facing torturous death. Despite the palm branches on the ground and cheering hosannas from the people, this is a death march to a cruel, torturous, foul end. Jesus will not just find himself on the cross in a surprising and unfortunate situation. No, he comes willingly, freely to the cross to die the most humiliating and bloody death. There was no way for a man crucified to retain any dignity or to look heroic. The path of Christ, the humble servant, has always been like this. Think about how he came into the world. Born as a human babe, he came to us through the pain and blood of childbirth. And this was the humblest of human births. It's not a birth in an antiseptic scrubbed hospital room, that's for sure. But instead, it was in a shelter for livestock. After the birth, he was laid in a place where the livestock fed. Now, don't imagine the wooden manger with fresh straw bedding that's so often pictured today, but instead an ancient ledge for feed in a mucky place housing animals. Although artists through history have pictured it elegantly, reverently, even embellished with gold, the reality would not have been pretty or perfumed. God came down, not in some lovely sunshiny setting, 
No, instead he took on human flesh amidst the foul brokenness of this world. He came to touch us in all our vile sinfulness because we, like Lazarus, are putrid and dead without his touch. The toxic, fatal presence of sin so totally permeates our lives that we require the total redemption only he can bring. Without him, this world is just the shadowy waiting room for death and hell. Only by recognizing our awful, deadly condition can we be emptied of our pride, making room for God's priceless grace, the noble gift of grace we receive from our Lord is not cheaply won. The utmost humility in birth and in death bookends his earthly life. No wonder he commends the humble, heals the lame, eats with outcasts, loves the sinners, and identifies with the downtrodden. It's what he comes to with life-giving embrace. He knows the worst of this life. He sees the ravages of sin and the depravity of humankind. Yet he willingly descends to the muck the filth of this world because it's only in this ugliness that he can embrace the beloved. Here he can wipe the rotten corruption from the human condition. And so on this Palm Sunday, Jesus takes the road from Bethany, riding down the steep slope of the Mount of Olives, then across the Kidron Valley. He does not ride a galloping steed on his ascent to the great city of Jerusalem, but a plodding young donkey. The crowds who cheer his entry don't know what he comes to do as they surround him with shouts of Hosanna. But we know what's coming. We know because the gospel writers have left us a description of the events in excruciating detail. These four men of the first century, eyewitnesses and compilers of eyewitness accounts, have given us a timeline for the coming week. Forty percent of John's gospel covers just this final week. From the time of the earliest Christians, it's understood that Jesus' life gained its significance from his death. The gospel writers want more than anything else for the reader to understand the meaning of the crucifixion. On the cross, God makes a public statement about who he is. We prefer to look for God in things of beauty and brilliance. But the cross focuses on the ugly death of Jesus for our sin. Christ suffers. He suffers for us. 
he suffers with us. Jesus displays his unconditional and passionate, endless love and infinite mercy for us, poor, miserable sinners that we are. So Christ is on the road now. Not just the road to Jerusalem on this Palm Sunday, but the road to Calvary and the cross. We know what the crucifixion will bring. We see in our minds his nail-pierced hands stretching to embrace us with blood-bought forgiveness. Amen.